Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's kind of a shot chaser twofer. Here's the the shot. Health workers once saluted as heroes now threatened and beaten. Story from News Nation now about how nurses and doctors take off their scrubs before leaving work because they don't want to be seen being in healthcare because some of them aren't getting vaccinated and therefore they're killing us all. We're being in some areas harassed and disbelieved and ridiculed for what we're trying to do. So you've got some people angry about them not being vaccinated and some people claiming that they're making this all up. Here's the chaser from salon.com. It's time to start firing unvaccinated people. Trump fans are overdue for a lesson in consequences. Well, holy hell, someone get me all my bourbon. Good Lord, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. We're going to get more into this spending package of what's going on with the vote. And, oh, this idea that people who make less than $400,000 a year won't see a tax increase? Well, that doesn't seem to be true. Brad Palumbo from the Foundation for Economic Education, he's going to be with us, break this all down. But allow me on this one-two punch against healthcare workers. You've got the people who claim that the nurses aren't getting vaccinated. They're going to get everybody killed. And then you've got the people who claim that the healthcare professionals are making this all up and trying to spread fear about COVID. There's nothing I can do about that latter half. They're wrong, though. I believe that there are indeed some doctors, some healthcare professionals who are trying to spread fear about COVID. I absolutely, positively believe that that is true, that there are people who spread fear on the subject. I think that there are people who have proven that they are untrustworthy, whether it be Dr. Anthony Fauci or whether it be President Biden in the polling shows that. You think the local nurse is out to get you? There are people who move things politically, and there are people who move things because they think it would be better. For example, there are some people who believe that everyone in the healthcare profession should be vaccinated. I mean, after all, you're in the healthcare profession. And we would all argue before COVID, understand, I expect and demand rationality. I will not accept insane, emotional gobbledygook as a way of going through life. That's not going to work. If you want insane emotional gobbledygook, there are other radio stations and there are other radio hosts. Knock yourselves out. But if you want to have an honest conversation, an open conversation where you get challenged and you get to challenge, well, then you're in the right place. I'm Tony Katz. I'll be your host. If if, if, If we take a look at life before COVID, it would have been a very rational thing to say that, yes, if you're in the healthcare industry, you're going to have certain vaccines. If you're flying to some nation that's underdeveloped, we would joke about the fact that you'd have to get your shots. If you didn't get the shots, you weren't going to go. 
And we didn't question whether or not the shot was going to work. The only thing we were questioning at the time was whether or not vaccinations caused autism. Because Jennifer McCarthy decided to one day say it, and America said, well, it must be true. After all, she's been in Playboy four times. And by the way, I have no idea whether Jennifer McCarthy is a mind or not. You don't know her, neither do I. I mean, good on Donnie Wahlberg, but he would know. I have no idea if she's if she's got study to her. I do know that all we we've been through this and vaccines don't cause autism. However, I'll tell you a story. My wife and I for our children, we vaccinated our children, but we didn't do it on the schedule that they prescribe. We looked our doctor in the eye and said it's too much, too quick. We'd like to spread it out. And our doctor, to her credit, fantastic, said, well, what do you mean? Well, you're talking about this whole grouping of things and this whole grouping of things. We don't want to do all that at once. That's overloading a system. That's a bad idea. We would like to space that out over time. Our doctor looked at us and looked at what we thought and said, well, we'd have to do this, this, and this over here. Yeah, that works. That's great. That's how we did it. I didn't think that the vaccine was going to hurt my kids. I didn't think MMR. Mumps, measles, rubella. I didn't think it was going to hurt my kids. What I thought was, these are little children. They're little babies. And you don't want to be overloading a system. You want to take your time. That was my take. A decision I made with my doctor. My doctor said, fine. I wanted it. My wife wanted it. My wife was insistent about it. Done. Was I supposed to listen to the CDC? Was I supposed to listen to the CDC about this? No. I was supposed to do what I thought my wife was supposed to do, what she thought was the best for our kids. And we had had this conversation. We're pretty bright people. By the way, all people in their homes think they're pretty bright people. It's everybody else who's a schmuck. And we discussed this, then we discussed it with our doctor. And we were like, okay. We had a plan. The doctor said, well, you really want to move this over here, and here's why. Okay, that makes perfect sense. But this makes sense over here. And okay, we could do it. And that was it. That is how I go through life. Engaging conversations, discussing the hypotheticals, engaging some research, asking experts, and making informed decisions that I make the decision for for myself and my wife and I make the decision for for our children. This is how it works. And this is how everybody did it before COVID. And then COVID came. And we took a virus and made it as political as possible. And we have people out there who still don't understand the hellscape. Relax, Tony. Just relax. Everything's going to be okay. Don't scream. Don't yell. People are angry. You can't be the angry one. You got to talk this through, man. Just relax. Ah, there you go. Nothing that a flute can't solve. Isn't that right, Alison Hannigan? That's the way. It was Alison Hannigan. Ah, that, she's the one from American Pie. That's it. People went politically crazy over COVID. And they haven't gotten out of it yet. They haven't gotten out of getting politically crazy over COVID. And because of the political craziness... You now have people thinking that your local nurse is somehow working in concert to try and force a jab in your arm. 
So the, the answer is to threaten nurses? The answer is to threaten people in scrubs? To attack them? They're getting, they're getting uh, issued panic buttons? Cox Medical Center, Branson, Missouri, giving panic buttons to up to 400 nurses and other employees after 123 assaults in 2020. What are you doing? Why in the world would you be attacking a nurse or a doctor? What are you, a schmuck? What's wrong with these people? These are the same types of absolute radicals that believe you should fire 175 healthcare professionals in North Carolina because they refuse to get vaccinated. Or the same radicals like Governor Hochul in New York who wants to fire people and replace them with uh, National Guard units because they won't get vaccinated. You think anybody in the hospital is better off because there's a national a member of the National Guard there? Bless the National Guard, by the way. But they should be doing what they're trained to do. They can help in these types of things, but you want the professionals who know the hospitals. And you're getting rid of them because they're not getting vaccinated. There is not a single data point you can point me to. No, I'm going to take that back. There is no well-publicized data point you can point me to. Maybe one exists out there. I always like to read. That shows the people who have COVID don't spread COVID. I'm sorry, people who have the vaccine don't spread COVID. Vaccinated people spread COVID. Unvaccinated people spread COVID. The vaccine helps you deal with COVID. That's what it does. So what are we discussing? We're discussing political people who have decided to be hysterical and political as opposed to being rational. And they push things like vaccine mandates. And they push things like saying you shouldn't be allowed to leave your house. And they push things like Salon. It's time to start firing unvaccinated people. Trump fans are overdue for a lesson in consequences. And I think that is very, very true. Black Democrats in New York are due for a lesson in consequences. Oh, I'm sorry, wait, what? It's time to start firing unvaccinated people. Well, those are the unvaccinated people, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Are we now denying truth because we're so scared of being called racist? <laughs> Not here. Not a chance. Come at me, bro. Trump fans are overdue for a lesson in consequences? Do you know what kind of pseudo-intellectual nonsense this is? It's written by a woman named Amanda Marcotte, who is a pseudo-intellectual. I mean, we're talking about a dope. Proud of her wokeness and not proud of, of, or not ashamed of her lack of intellect. Staffing shortages are a pain, especially during a pandemic, no doubt. But staffing shortages are a minor issue compared to the damage being caused by the unchecked spread of COVID-19, which is increasingly due to one cause, right-wingers who have made refusal to get vaccinated a culture war and identity politics issue. You talking about all those right-wingers in the NBA who don't want to get vaccinated? What are you talking about? And why would anybody say, oh, we have to get everyone vaccinated because of the Delta variant? The variant is on the decline. And by the way, there will be seasons. There'll be one that comes up again in March. (laughs) There'll be one that comes up in the summer. It's going to come in waves. Unless such folk start tasting real consequences for their behavior, the U.S. is going to see another dark winter as the virus continues to wreak havoc on our economy and healthcare system. Putting up with staffing shortages is a small price to pay to make sure that Trumpers, 
a class of people clearly unused to the idea that actions have consequences actually start feeling real pressure to get vaccinated. But you're right, none of it's political. Do you know how it's just, it's beyond wrong. The level of hate. I mean, this is somebody who wants to lock people up in their house for having the wrong political opinion. This is somebody who would absolutely believe, hey, you need to be re-educated. Anybody who uses the term re-education, they are promoting violence. As I have the data, only 28% of black New Yorkers are fully vaccinated. 28% of New York uh, of people who are black in New York are fully vaccinated. So what's your plan? Why discuss this honestly when you can only go about it politically? Because after all, getting a hit on your enemy is what it's all about. The vast majority of black Americans are not vaccinated. But, eh, let's just hit on the Trumpers. Let's make it more political. That's the way to get people vaccinated. These people, these anti-intellectual zealots, speaking of the anti-intellectual zealots, let's bring in YouTube. Because YouTube has gone the path of saying if you oppose the vaccine, if you put up any anti-vaccine content, they will take it down. Should, here's the question, should the person who has already had COVID, thus they have natural immunity, should they get the vaccine? Well, the answer to that question is, what is I don't know? But maybe the question should be asked differently. Does the person who has natural immunity have to be vaccinated? My answer is what is no? If you're not, if you have already had COVID, you have the antibodies. The data right now shows you are in a far better place. You can choose to get vaccinated, but you don't have to be. You're fine. Now we're going to have employers saying, well, we don't care if you've already had COVID, you have to be vaccinated. Well, that's not science. That's fear. That's political. That is hatred. Can we stop it already? We've got hatred for nurses for not getting vaccinated, hatred for medical professionals for pretending or, or, or possibly perpetuating the, the fear. Then we're going to lie about Trump supporters because it's a good political hit, but we're afraid to talk about black Americans because we'll be called racist when it comes to this. And if you want to discuss it, YouTube will decide whether or not you're in a good enough place or you're a good enough person or speaking about it in the right way. But they don't know the science either. God bless radio. The only place where an honest conversation still happens in America, except for every cigar lounge across the country. We are killing ourselves, guys. We are killing ourselves. And none of it is necessary. Nurses, I'm on your side, vaccinated or not. I want you doing the job, and I appreciate it. And for those of you who live in, in Indianapolis, um, you know, I, I had said I can't do an official thing. But if, if you want to swing by a certain cigar lounge on, on October 6th, uh, I'll, I'll be there. And I might buy a cigar or two or a hundred. I'm Tony Katz.
the lug nut challenge or is it a prank? It's not a challenge, right? It's a prank. It's social media being moronic again. And you've got police in Massachusetts saying that people are going to get killed. So is, is, is the idea is you what? You loosen the lug nuts in somebody's car tire? You go to jail for that. People get killed for that. So people are doing this. I, is, this is, I think it's being social media driven. There must come a moment where you realize, hey, I'm dumb. That moment has to come, right? I'm not talking about what you say about somebody else, right? We, we too often use the words dumb and stupid. And, and when we do, we end the conversation. I'm talking about you as a person. No matter your age, there, there, there comes a moment where you, you look at yourself, you like get a glimpse of yourself, a reflection of something, and you're like, wait a second. I'm a moron. I shouldn't be doing this. This is just the dumbest thing in the world. I, I am just stunned that that hasn't happened yet. Meanwhile, Joe Manchin, with his latest on the uh, $3.5 trillion, the senator from West Virginia, listen to this. I've never been a liberal in any way, shape, or the form. There's no one who's ever thought I was. I've been governor. I've been state secretary of state. I've been state legislature. I've been a U.S. senator. And I have voted pretty consistently all my whole life. I don't fault any of them who believe that they're much more progressive and much more liberal. God bless them. And all they need to do is we have to elect more, I guess, for them to get theirs, elect more liberals. Holy crap. That is a guy who's saying, I want no part of this. It won't be $3.5 trillion for the spending package. That uh, Go elect more liberals. That's looking Ocasio-Cortez in the face and like, like, like spitting on the ground and being like, uh, we're going to do this or what? You want to tangle? You want to tangle? You want to dance? You want to dance, New York girl? Let's dance. I assume that's how it went. I assume it went like a Jets Sharks kind of thing. We talk a lot about this infrastructure package. Who is paying for it? Exactly how does it affect us? And where are the lies? Brad Palumbo from the Foundation for Economic Education. He is up next to discuss it. Keep it right here. We should know things. I'm Tony Katz. It's not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president said, is zero. This bill will be paid for. It's about what are the values that we share and how we prioritize them. And that is... The idea that this bill, this $3.5 trillion will cost zero, this has been the new talking point. You know, we discussed, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for Speaker Pelosi to say, well, you know, we, it was a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill that has very little to do with infrastructure. But if it's only $1.8 trillion, okay, that'll do. We were never really firm on the $3.5 trillion as a way of dealing with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and trying to get a deal going. But they made a pivot from that 
to saying, what's everybody talking about? It doesn't cost anything. Why is Joe Manchin holding this up? It doesn't cost anything. What a silly thing to say. But of course it costs something. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter at Tony Katz, everything at TonyKatz.com. Of course it costs something. And the more they push this idea that it doesn't cost anything, it costs zero. They've got Speaker Pelosi coming out and making that claim, and they've got uh, Representative Jayapal, who represents the Progressive Caucus, doing the same. As I said to the president, I heard him say, this is a zero-dollar bill because it's all going to be paid for with taxes on the wealthiest corporations and the wealthiest individuals. Well, then it's going to be paid for by taxes, right? But you had Joe Biden tell us there's no, 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 no. There are going to be no tax increases for people who make less than $400,000 a year. And I know what you're saying. Oh, the rich. (sighs) What happens when that number comes down even more? And you find out that you're the rich. Brad Palumbo joins us right now. His latest piece at National Review, the Democrats' tax hike proposal would shatter Biden's 400000 no new taxes pledge. He is the opinion editor at the Foundation for Economic Education. He also hosts the Breaking Boundaries podcast. We've spoken before. You've seen the video on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Let's start with the basic concept. This doesn't cost anything? $3.5 trillion of spending and it doesn't cost a dime? How does that work? It doesn't. It's simply gaslighting and economic disinformation. That's the only way to put it, honestly. What they're saying is that allegedly their legislation doesn't add to the national debt. They're saying, and I'm not sure whether this is actually true, it's kind of a budgetary question, but they're saying that they're raising enough taxes to pay for all the spending so it adds zero dollars to the national debt. Let's assume for the sake of argument for a second that that's true. That doesn't mean the cost is zero dollars, but that's like saying that because you go to the grocery store and you pay for your groceries with cash instead of debt, that therefore the groceries cost zero dollars. You're raising trillions of dollars of new taxes to pay for it. That's the cost. Even if you're adding zero dollars to the debt, that doesn't make the cost go away at all. The government is not Santa Claus. It can't create money and wealth out of, and resources out of thin air. But so now we take a look at this pledge, because Joe Biden said this, right, as a way of trying to calm people. Look, I know what those progressives are like. Those leftists are like, ah, I'm not like them. That seems to be the politics of it. And $400,000 a year with no new taxes. Now break into, break down for me, I should say, this $3.5 trillion, the way they're now discussing it, how does it break the pledge? So Democrats have put out a multi-trillion dollar tax hike proposal. This is congressional Democrats that has, you know, income tax increases, corporate tax increases, all sorts of stuff in it that would violate Biden's pledge. Now, Biden's pledge, they try to move the goalposts on what it is. But just as I'll take a line from a tweet that he sent out this week, he said the most important part of his agenda is that no one making under $400,000 will pay a penny more in taxes. That's what he promised the American people, that he wasn't like AOC. He doesn't want to tax everybody, just wealthy people. You earn less than $400,000, not a penny more in taxes. But one of the biggest items in this slate of tax increases House Democrats have put out that Biden presumably supports and may put his signature to very soon is 
a increase in, in taxes on cigarettes and a new tax on e-cigarettes and vaping products. They would raise $96 billion in projected revenue, which means $96 billion in new taxes. And most of the people that smoke cigarettes or vape are not rich. Uh, most of them earn a lot less than $400,000. So right there, you have one big way his pledge would be totally busted by this new proposal. The, the better way and the way I've always engaged it, talking to Brad Palumbo, he is uh, the opinion editor at the Foundation for Economic Education, is that these are always taxes on the poor. There are plenty of people who are rich who smoke cigarettes. I am a guy who is a huge lover of the cigar world, and I know that with the conflation that the FDA often does with cigarettes and cigars and not understanding that they're different products, this can affect something that I enjoy in an industry that I support uh, dearly with both not only my dollars but with radio and, and, and other things. All of these things are always a tax on the poor. A tax on sodas, a tax on the poor, a tax on meat is the tax uh, on the poor. It's always the way it works but to the larger sense of what you're getting into the, these things do get paid for and anybody who pushes the idea that it isn't paid for or, or that it's already paid for I should say is simply making it up now let's get into the two senators at at uh, the the heart of it on that Senate side Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia who just came out to say, you want liberals to vote for things, go vote for more liberals, claiming himself as not a liberal. What is Joe Manchin's serious argument against the 3.5 trillion and the same for Kirsten Cinema? Yeah, well, they're coming from a similar place. And Joe Manchin is not a liberal, but he's also not a conservative, right? He's right. not a free market fiscal conservative. He's okay with a trillion dollars on this infrastructure transportation legislation that has a bunch of you know corrupt and wasteful stuff in it he's okay with government spending he's just not totally out of touch with reality like most of the democrats so he knows that we're already seeing serious inflation he knows that we're already running trillion dollar deficits and he's put out in his statement released uh, last night i believe that he can't in good conscience vote for trillions of dollars of new spending and taxes when we've already blown out the budget. We've already spent an insane amount of money on COVID relief. And so much of this stuff just ultimately goes into welfare and climate change expansions of the government uh, and many counterproductive things, even if it didn't cost anything. So he's come out there and said, no, he is saying he would go for as much as $1.5 which is still about $1.5 too much. But that tells you something when this guy who is not by any stretch fiscally conservative is just a reasonable enough Democrat is so far away from the rest of his party. But the good news is they have a 50-50 split in the Senate. And for some reason, progressives feel entitled to enact their entire agenda when they don't have a majority of in Congress that are progressives. Right. They have a fair number of moderates in both caucuses, in both houses of Congress. They don't have a majority of progressives in either house. So why they think they can just get their full Green New Deal light, their maximum agenda through, why they feel so entitled to that, really, it boggles the mind. I think it's very important, the conversation you're bringing up about Joe Manchin, because you you certainly didn't mean it this way, but when you're talking about $3.5 trillion and a guy says, well, I'll spend $1.5 trillion, and that's considered a moderate position, like, that's, that's a great example of how insane all of this is, uh, of, of where we've, 
we've come and how things have have been engaged. He is willing to spend $1.5 trillion. He does absolutely have this willingness to go about it. He opposes the largesse. He thinks you have to save the money for something else. That's what Joe Manchin's been saying. Where is uh, Senator Sinema on this? So we don't know as much where she's on it because Joe Manchin is much more upfront. He likes to talk. He likes to release statements. He does a lot of media interviews. Cinema is much more of an enigma. Um, and, and so a lot of what we know about her thinking is is more from leaks or from you know sources talking to the media or whatever. So I would say I honestly don't know where she's at. Um, apparently, she's she met with Nancy Pelosi today, and she says they're making progress towards some sort of deal. So that's not super heartening. But I also have read that she's not willing to go along with any income or corporate tax increases. So that would certainly be good news if she was able to take those off the table. Now let's get into what comes next. You have the Progressive Caucus, led by Pamela Jayapal, of course, all the members of the squad, saying if the $3.5 trillion package, which is not infrastructure, as, as we've discussed both off-air and on, it's, it's health care, it's child care, it's, it's going after the fossil fuel industry, as, as Bernie Sanders says, going after the rich people who aren't paying their fair share, nothing having to do with roads and bridges. If they don't get the $3.5 trillion done, they won't vote for the $1.2 trillion, which is the bipartisan bill. Bernie Sanders has said we either pass them both or none at all. Speaker Pelosi said that in the beginning. Joe Biden said that in the beginning and then had to moderate it because he realized he was the tough guy, uh, you know, the, the country club thug, as I often refer to him as. But now we're, in, we're into it. It's very obvious uh, that at this stage of the game, they won't be getting their $3.5 trillion. How at risk is the $1.2 trillion quote-unquote bipartisan plan? Well, if these people stick to the promises they've made, then both plans are dead. But that's a big if. And I would say, I've said this, I've tweeted kind of sarcastically at Bernie and AOC, oh, no, please don't do this. It would just be so terrible if you took down this extra trillion dollars that has some transportation stuff in it, but also a lot of waste and crony and politician pet projects and is way too expensive it would be such a shame if you took them both down oh no please don't so i for one am kind of like you know munching the popcorn and watching these progressives sink the ship they may accidentally save the day but they're not going to sink it for forever brad i mean that you know as well as i do and they may already be talking about it if they don't get this they'll come back with something else but more to the as we're discussing it Let's make the argument they don't get this. The $3.5 trillion, which is a centerpiece to their ideology, doesn't happen. What is the political fallout here? Well, I think that uh, Biden's presidency is just objectively going pretty poorly. And the legislative accomplishments that he – if he at least got the bipartisan infrastructure bill, that would give him one big you know, accomplishment he could claim, even if we, people like us don't view it as an accomplishment – But he's probably going to get neither, and his presidency is just really not looking great. But I think the thing is, you're right, they'll come back for more, but we really only have to get to 2022. The the odds that that anything other than Republicans taking the House happens are pretty slim. That's just the way off-year elections work. It's where all the winds are blowing. And so you're going to have a very big check on any of this stuff from happening as soon as we get to 2022. So really, all we've got to do is stop them from doing anything too crazy in the meantime. 
Before I let you go, talking to Brad Palumbo, opinion editor at the Foundation for Economic Education. He hosts the Breaking Boundaries podcast as well. All the money that we gave for COVID relief, those trillions of dollars, there's money still not spent. Uh, On Twitter, uh, I'm being asked about $700 billion uh, for those shovel-ready jobs. I don't know if if, if they're referring to um, the, the, the COVID relief funds or something else, but there's billions of dollars that has not have, have yet to be released. What are we waiting for? Well, a lot of it is tied up in bureaucracy and incompetence. And to tell people just to put the COVID relief in perspective, think about it like this. The amount of money that we spend on total COVID relief equates to $42,000 per federal taxpayer. With that same amount of money, they could have given every federal taxpayer a check for $42,000. And so when you think about what we actually got, which was a couple stimulus checks, a year plus of dysfunctional unemployment welfare benefits, and hundreds of billions lost to waste and fraud, um, PPP loans that mostly went to big corporations, uh, what, what, what did we get our money's worth on any of this stuff? I think the answer is obviously no, because I don't know one person in, in my life that got $42,000 of benefit from the government and how they handled $6 trillion of our money. So why are we going to repeat the same mistakes over and over again? Brad Palumbo, the Foundation for Economic Education, the Breaking Boundaries podcast. Check it out. You can also check out the latest article at National Review. The Democrats' tax hike proposal would shatter Biden's $400,000 no new taxes pledge. Brad, I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. Let me take a moment to say thanks to everybody who told me that if I buy a car with a rebuilt title, I'm going to hell. Uh, Message received. Uh, In the immortal words of George H.W. Bush, not going to die. Holy cow. I, I don't know anything I may have said on air that could have gotten more responses to Oh, dear, sweet Jesus, don't you dare do anything like that. I keep seeing the the used cars. They look great, and they've done this, it's done that. Rebuilt title. We don't know why. I'm like, what in the world is this? Can I buy a car with a rebuilt title? No, God. No, God, please, no. 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 OMG, are you kidding me right now? Ew, David. It was just it was just this outpouring of don't you dare, don't disappoint us. You Tony, we know you and we think you are a skilled, skilled person, but you are not enough of a man to fix a car that has a rebuilt title. No, you are not. Well, they might be right. Tony Katz, it's good to be with you. In Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Assembly passing legislation that will prevent schools, public schools, from teaching critical race theory. Um, now, there were some assembly members who wanted to actually ban words from the classroom. I would oppose such a thing. You want to bo- uh, ban the words woke or multiculturalism or equity? That would be a ridiculous thing to do. 
because that would be buying into the idea that we shouldn't have conversations. No, 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 no. We shouldn't be engaged in a philosophy of teaching kids that they're bad people based on the color of their skin or they're guilty based on the color of their skin or they're oppressed based on the color of their skin. No, of course not. Banning words? <laughs> no. And this is part of the problem I was discussing earlier. The people, they lose focus. They just can't figure out how to control themselves. And, and I, I sometimes wonder if it's just me who, who's uh, like this. Just me who, who thinks that people overdo. They shouldn't. Stay focused. Stay on target. That's how you win. Could just be me. But as for not allowing critical race theory in the, in, the, in the schools, well, yeah, that's absolutely correct. That's the right thing to do. The right thing to do. We've got more, including, oh, yes, the border is still a problem. This is Tony Katz today.